Welcome to the Summoning Hour, and this is the special segment, Check Your Six, covering Collegiate Rainbow Six play. And this week, we welcome all of our remaining teams into the regional playoffs. This is where the competition is going to get even closer. This is where we're going to see the statistics not mattering. This is going to be coming down to the growth and the desire for these teams to win it and to pull ahead of wherever they've got placed in their seating for their regional divisions and for these matches to lead them into the national playoffs next week. Teams I predicted to be out are in. Teams that I predicted to be out are now in at fifth or sixth seed. So yay math and my inability to calculate all the complex factors that go into this. So learning lessons. While I was wrong about who got the wildcard slots, let's dive in and see who got them and talk about what teams are left in each division. The wildcard for the Eagle Division's regional playoffs was claimed by RPI or Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. And they come in at seventh seed. Case Western, who I had previously ruled out, is now in at the 10th seed. Northeastern, who I predicted to have taken the wildcard spot, and assumedly the 10th place spot in the division, is now sitting at 6th seed. Okay, my math was way off on that one. My bad. But let's go through from top to bottom. So number one, Akron. Number two, Ontario IT. Number three, Norwick. Number four, West Virginia. Number five, Carnegie Mellon. Number six, Northeastern. Number seven, RPI. Eighth, Sheridan. Ninth, Miami. And tenth, Case Western. In standard playoff fashion, first seed will play against tenth, second against ninth, third against eighth, so on and so forth. The middle of the pack in this group is very tightly competitive so coming from fourth to eighth seed we're looking at from fourth to eighth seed we have 19 points 19 points 16 16 15 and even ninth place is at 14. so there's a very small window of which there's a difference in terms of playability that happened during the regular season I mean, Carnegie Mellon had six wins, one tie, and two losses, and yet they still have the same number of points as West Virginia, who had five wins and four ties. So, and the round differentials, they really plummet at seventh place and below. But otherwise, fourth, fifth, and sixth, they're within, say, 12 round differential and three points of each other. So that's just how tight things are. Now, there was a lot of wiggle room in terms of earning points and earning the round differentials throughout the season, so this may not actually best reflect the strengths of the team. But with those stats being the ones to go off of, we have a middle of the pack that are very, very close. So if I had to pick a match of the week from this group, I would probably have to go with West Virginia versus RPI. Fourth versus seventh. This is kind of the, that range of that middle of the pack. So can RPI prove that they really deserve that seventh seed? Or should they have been closer to the bottom with Case Western? 
we'll have to find out. I have just received information that Case Western will not be taking the 10th seed from Eagle Division and has instead dropped out of the playoffs due to unfortunate scheduling issues. So that slot will be given to Rochester Institute of Technology. Moving on to the Falcon Regional Playoffs. Starting at seed number one, we have Southern Illinois University Edwardsville with number two, Illinois Tech, third, Colorado, Colorado Springs, fourth, Angelo State, fifth, Illinois Chicago, sixth, Michigan State, seventh, Colorado Boulder, eighth, Colorado Mines, ninth, Illinois State, and tenth with the wild card, Sam Houston. My assumption that Sam Houston was going to be knocked out of playoff contention relied upon them and the data I was looking at and how it was organized. I did not realize that number of wins did not play a fact or play a matter in tiebreakers, or at least not as a high priority tiebreaker. Sam Houston ended the final season with a, tied with Ferris State with 11 points. However, despite having one less loss or one less win, they had two better round differential. So they were tied at 11 points and round differential becomes the tiebreaker statistic. So Ferris State's one versus Sam Houston's three actually made the difference. Considering the matchups for the week, I think I'm going to have to call out the Battle of Illinois. Second seed versus ninth seed. Illinois Tech versus Illinois State. Nothing like a little city and state rivalry going on. But then again, this division is just littered with state competition. Colorado, Colorado Springs versus Colorado Mines will also be another good matchup. This division is even more tightly wound than the Eagle division with from second seed to 10th seed. There's only a six point spread, which is two wins difference basically from the regular season. So if we're looking at second seed through what is that? Through seventh seed, they are all within one win of overtaking second seed if we were still in the regular season. So that's how close everything is. And the weird thing is, the middle of the pack, the fifth seed, Illinois Chicago, they're the only ones with a negative round differential. And yet they are sitting at fifth seed because they've won five games. That gave them 15 points, which more than enough to get them there. Moving on to Lion Division Regionals, we have UC Irvine taking the top spot, California State University Long Beach coming in second. They were the runners up from the fall season, so kudos to them making it back to the playoffs. Arizona State takes third seed, UC Davis takes fourth, Simon Frazier then UC Santa Cruz, Utah, South Dakota School of Mining and Technology. 
they beat out my wazoo cougars so sadly it was the one outcome that wazoo needed to avoid to make it into the playoffs but alas they lost in the final stretch so gg to sd smt but i really wish wazoo was there but sd smt takes the eighth seed as the wild card spot ninth comes from northern arizona and 10th is embry riddle this group is divided a little bit more in upper echelon performance and kind of middle of the road from what we've seen we see five teams coming in with 17 or more points so over half of the division appears to have outperformed the majority of their counterparts so we have five teams that are at 17 or more points which is quite a lot and those bottom five teams they're all within three points of each other so those five teams are really closely coordinated and at about the same skill level and when you start looking at fourth third second and first the round differential statistic goes insane so fourth seed uc davis is sitting at a round differential 39 that's double fifth seed simon frazier of 18 and guess what third seed arizona state is basically double UC Davis at 64. CSULB is only a little bit ahead of Arizona State, but still, that's a mounting round differential score. That is just unbelievable levels of outperforming their opponents. And guess what? Seed number one, UC Irvine, goes even farther. 72. I don't even know how you begin to quantify how good a team has to be to reach that level of round differential, but that is nuts. So when when we see CSULB go off against UC Irvine at some point in the national playoffs, it's going to be just an absolute banger of a match. Finally, but not least, Viper Division Regionals. Rounding out 10th seed, we have Georgia, 9th, Maryland, BC, 8th, Alabama, 7th, University of North Carolina, Charlotte, 6th, Maryland, CP, 5th, Tennessee, 4th, Auburn, 3rd, Florida International University, 2nd, George Mason, and 1st, Louisiana State. This division is a weird one. And even all of the Viper division groups were kind of weird in that they had some of the tightest and some of the most spread out in terms of competitive edge. Some teams were just not good at all, and they had a dominating team within that group. Others were kind of, no one wanted to make up their mind at who's going to be the best. And that's kind of what we see here. We see a first through sixth seed who were all within one win of each other in points from the regular season 
and then it's 14, 14, 13, and 9 points to get into the rest of the division. So we have relatively small spread. First through ninth is a six point spread. As soon as you toss in 10th and you're looking at 10 point spread. So minimum four weeks of competition. So Georgia, you got a lot to make up as the only team with a negative round differential and a significant one at that with a negative 34. So, I mean, talk about getting in without much expectation. I mean, two wins, three ties and four losses and a negative 34. That doesn't give me much hope for the teams who didn't make it into the playoffs from the Viper division. In terms of matchup to look forward to, I'll have to go with the 5-6 fight between Tennessee and Maryland CP, just because it seems like the closest game that we're going to have in this group. And all I could hope for is a good game. I did forget to mention that Maryland BC ended up taking the ninth seed and the wildcard slot for the Viper Regionals. The matches are underway already this week. We look forward to some additional matches coming up on Friday and Saturday. If you're wanting additional Collegiate R6 content, be sure to check out the Collegiate R6 YouTube channel and follow along with the 6x6 podcast and weekly highlight reels. That's it for me, and as usual, you don't have to worry about a thing, because I've got your six. First, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, and if you could do me one more favor, and that is tell your friends and family about this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who can get value from this podcast, and I believe this podcast does provide value for understanding collegiate esports, perspective on esports in general, as well as game development. Now, one really cool feature about this podcast is that if you use the Anchor app, you will be able to record feedback and send it directly to me where I can incorporate it right into the podcast. If using the Anchor app is not quite your style, you can reach me on social media. That's Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, YouTube, Mixer, all under the name Warlock Recall. Thanks again for listening. I very much appreciate it. And I will catch you next time on The Summoning Hour.